Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Unbound and Rewound podcast, a horror podcast where we look at every horror book and movie to take a closer look into their bone-chilling anatomy. I am Avery, your lovely book and movie-loving host, and this week I bring you a St. Patrick's Day-themed episode, which if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, you have already seen what this episode is about. If you don't follow me, well, we'll talk about that later. But before we get into the nitty-gritty of this week's episode, what are we streaming? What are we watching? I have watched Scream 6. My life has not been the same since. (laughs) I literally, I compared it to uh, post-concert depression because that's exactly how I felt. Afterwards, I got out of the movie theater, you know, I dilly-dallied a little bit, and then once I got home, I was like, I really wish that I was watching it again, and will I watch it a second time? I will. I probably have by the time you're listening to this. I think that it was so much better than the fifth one. Was it better than the original? No. But if you're interested to hear exactly my thoughts on the Scream 6 film, you can check that out on Letterboxd at AveryCOF, or you can check it out on my Instagram at Your Horror Podcast. Other than that, uh, I honestly haven't been watching anything else because I absolutely have had trouble watching anything else besides Scream 6. Like, I, it's so weird. It's kind of how... When you read a really good, thrilling book and then you go to read something else that's not a thrilling book, you just don't have enough momentum to finish it, to get through it. And that's exactly how I've been feeling lately. Of course, I did watch the movies that this week's episode revolves around. And I watch, or currently am watching, Daisy Jones and the Six. I haven't read the book and it's not horror but it is quite quite juicy and uh, I do love drama so <laughs> I, I'm enjoying it. Shudder is having a new movie release called Leave. I just saw the announcement for it and so I will be watching that soon too because it looks good. I love most of Shudder's productions anyways so I'm sure that this one will be no different from all the other fantastic ones. Yeah I can't think of anything else that's even coming up that I'm going to be watching soon. The next few episodes, the last two episodes actually that I have prepared, are a short film to feature film adaptation review. And then I'm also going to be reviewing a queer horror book. It's a short story like compilation. So I'll be reviewing a few stories from that book. But, of course, you can find all this information on my podcast Instagram or Twitter, which is at Your Horror Podcast. Like I said, this is the third to last episode um, of this season, and then I'll be taking off the month of April, and I'll be back the month of May with great content and uh, scrumptious reviews. So... This week's episode, as I said, St. Patrick's themed, 
I had trouble figuring out what exactly I wanted to review. First of all, I forgot it was even St. Pat- Patrick's Day this week. Um, and then as I was planning out this episode, I realized, oh my god, I know the perfect episode to give you all. It is a look into the horror franchise <laughs> Leprechaun. If you have not heard of it, have not seen it, you perhaps are one of the lucky ones. But if you have seen it, you are also one of the lucky ones. There are a bunch of other St. Patrick's Irish-themed uh, horror movies out there besides Leprechaun. It's an easy answer for anybody who's like, I want to watch a horror movie this St. Patrick's Day. Who is saying that? Horror fans, a.k.a. me. So if you're looking for a great horror movie to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, I also have a, a short little list of films that you can choose from if you do not want to watch The Leprechaun or even if you do and you finish the entire series in one day and you're like okay what's next well we have Unwelcome which released this year actually this month I'm pretty sure um it's directed by John Wright and it's about a married couple Maya and Jamie who escaped their urban nightmare to the tranquility of rural Ireland, only to discover malevolent and murderous goblins lurking in the gnarled ancient wood at the foot of their new garden. This was on a limited theater release. March 14th, it became available for a video on demand, so you can purchase it on YouTube, I think Apple TV, Prime. So if you think this is something that you might be interested in, go ahead, get out your wallet. Another movie is called Crawlers. That was released in 2022, and it's directed by Brandon Zuck. It's about three unlikely friends who try to work together to save a college town from a dangerous horde of shapeshifters on St. Patrick's Day. This is a little weird of a St. Patrick's Day movie because it's not about goblins or fairies or leprechauns, but aliens. So, yeah, if that does pique your interest, you can find it on Hulu. And then the very last movie I have for you all uh, is The Hollow, which was released in 2015. It's directed by Corin Hardy, and it draws inspiration from Irish folklore. It's about a family who moves into a remote mill house in Ireland, and they find themselves in a fight for survival with demonic creatures living in the woods. I'm pretty sure this one is about both leprechauns and fairies, or maybe just fairies in general, but you can find it on AMC+. Now, let's get into what we are really here for, the leprechaun franchise. I, you know, a lot of horror fans will talk crap about this franchise. They will call it schlocky. They'll call it trashy. They'll call it um, a B, perhaps even C horror movie. But I'm here to put some respect on this franchise because I think it deserves it. Perhaps that's the nostalgia talking because when I was a child, I absolutely loved the Leprechaun franchise, particularly one that we will get into in a little bit. But the first installment of this movie hit theaters in 1993. It starred a young Jennifer Aniston in her first and only horror movie. And I feel like I know why it was her only horror movie. Uh, Theater audiences didn't see the franchise back in theaters 
after the obnoxiously sexualized sequel. So only two of the movies were in theaters. After that, they were just, they just hit the blockbusters, you know? The best that it performed while at the box office was the release of the very first installment. Most horror fans, as I said before, turned their nose towards it, and they still do, with the cheap dialogue and questionable acting. In fact, after its initial release, Mark Jones, creator of the franchise, along with the new production team, decided to listen to the audience's humorous reactions to the movie and made it more of a horror comedy. It's really hard for me to understand why a leprechaun was ever made out to be a serious horror movie to begin with. I don't get it. Like, to think that that was the intention and yet the final product was still humorous is crazy to me because it's so funny. But I also think because it was unintentionally funny, when they honed into the humor of it and amped it up it made it even funnier like when I was watching one of the movies last night I could not stop laughing and it was mainly because it was so bad that you laugh at it but those are the best horror comedy movies well those are the best movies in general but (laughs) best horror comedy movies um is they embrace their flaws and their bad qualities uh as a fun fact After the success of Freddy vs. Jason, there was a crossover planned with Leprechaun and, can you even guess who I'm about to say? Candyman. (laughs) However, Candyman actor Tony Todd declined out of respect for his character, which I understand, though I would have loved to see this. I would have loved to see how it panned out, because Freddy vs. Jason, I think teetered on like horror comedy a little bit freddie is already a humorous person with like his one-liners but um it still had a very full horror aspect to it Candyman has never been humorous at all so i can understand why tony todd would have declined because the tone of each movie is different and i just don't think it would have meshed well You have the leprechaun who literally is just like, the leprechaun is like Chucky and Freddy Krueger mixed together. And Candyman is just like this, I don't even know how to explain Candyman. Because he's not, I don't even think he, like, okay, from, from my perspective, he doesn't try to be scary. He just is scary. You know what I'm saying? Like, he can just be in a room, he can open up his jacket And boom, I'm scared. He doesn't even have to say a word. The leprechaun, first of all, I can literally punt him across the room. And he opens up his mouth and it's just, he just riddles, riddles and rhymes. And that's so funny. To talk about this franchise, uh, I only decided to pick two movies to look at because first, I have to establish the franchise's bones while addressing the craziest but best installment. The franchise has run as long as, how many years would this be? 10, 15? 15 years? That's crazy. Wow. So the franchise has run for 15 years from 1994 to 2018 with recent attempts to reprise the franchise. However, each attempt at trying to reprise it, they had like the Leprechaun Revelations or something like that, which was the very first one. 
which was the very first like reprisal that they tried to have and then they had a follow-up to that movie all of these movies are on peacock also so you can watch any that i talk about today or any other ones they have at least to my knowledge they they have more than five they have at least seven um and uh, in one of the movies the leprechaun goes to space crazy so if that interests if that interests you well you can find them on peacock the first movie that i'm talking about from this franchise is leprechaun 1993 it was directed by mark jones who is the original creator and it's about an evil sadistic leprechaun who goes on a killing rampage in search of his beloved pot of gold, which happens to be somewhere on the North Dakota land that Tori, who's played by Jennifer Aniston, uh, Tori's family just moved to. Quite frankly, this movie is not as exciting. And I think that's because they took it seriously in the very beginning. The second movie I'm talking about, which we'll get to in a little bit, Um, is a lot more entertaining. I had a lot more things to say on it because you can tell they didn't take it seriously. They were just like, let's make this the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. They, and they did. Yeah, they did. There were some parts where I was like, oh, oh, what? Huh? That's crazy. There were parts where I felt like I shouldn't even be laughing. But I did anyways. So with Leprechaun 1993, I think the strongest thing in this movie is the unique deaths. Um, And the, like, the more that you watch the franchise, by, like, the middle of the franchise, I feel like the deaths get less unique and creative. Or maybe it's just the particular movie that I watched where I was like, eh. Like, it's not as exciting. That's one thing about horror that I enjoy watching, at least. I I enjoy seeing the creative, I guess, like, ways of <laughs> murdering the characters. As terrible as that sounds, y'all, I promise I'm not, like, a sadistic person. I just think it's like, wow, somebody really thought about this. Somebody really sat down and was like, mm you know what, somebody can die from a pogo stick. And that's exactly what happened in the first Leprechaun. And that was perhaps the most exciting part of this movie, to be honest. Uh, The Leprechaun literally takes a pogo stick and hops on it on top of a person and ends up, like, puncturing his chest. Very creative to say the least. Other than that, there really weren't any other creative deaths that I can think of, but it's always interesting to watch movies in the early 90s because, well, like late 80s and early 90s because you can see where the introduction of special effects came into play. (laughs) In, what was it? I think it's Nightmare on Elm Street 3 the i forgot what the the like subtitle is of that one but it's where they're all in the hospital and they're all like suffering from freddy krueger and so you just see like these random graphics in this movie that seems so out of place that you really haven't seen in in the previous freddy krueger movies or nightmare on elm street movies and all of a sudden there's just like these neon 
these neon digital effects. It's like, okay, well, I can... And they use them so freely. It's almost like um, whenever you learn... I'm trying to think. Um, like, whenever you learn a new effect on editing a video or editing, like, audio or something like that, and you just... Or, like, even editing pictures. You're like, oh, I just learned that I can do this and I really like the way it looks. I'm gonna use it on everything. I am just gonna use it until I can't use it anymore. That's how Nightmare on Elm Street 3 felt. So with this movie, it kind of felt the same. And that's what I think... I mean, obviously, it's different watching it now because we have so many different uh, digital and, like, digital effects and CGI to where the visuals that late 80s and early 90s movies were going for, we could recreate those today and make them look a hundred times better. But, like, so, so watching it today, it's a little cringy because it's like, ah, I see what you tried to do. But And that's why whenever it comes to, like, a horror franchise and looking at the original first movie, I'm never going to say that any other movie in that franchise is better than the original. Because with each new movie that comes along, technology has advanced only further. And I feel like it's kind of not fair to say, like, oh, this newer movie that came out last year is better than the original that came out in 1994. It just, I don't think that's completely fair. So I will never say that any other movie in a franchise is better than the original because without the original, you would not have all of the later movies to come. That being said, though, <laughs> this this is different. This case is different because Leprechaun, you, you do notice that tonal change with, with the movie. So between... Uh, Leprechaun in 1993 and Leprechaun 5 in 2000, uh, it's so much different and I can actually look at, you know, like Leprechaun 5 and say, yeah, I like this one so much better than the original. I guess I wouldn't necessarily say that Leprechaun is meta, so to speak, but similar to how a movie like Scream does, where it makes fun of itself in a way, and makes fun of other other horror movies and other tropes, when a movie is self-aware and it, it takes that and uses it to its advantage, at least for me, I appreciate it so much more. Like, I'm glad that I can laugh at this knowing that you wanted me to laugh at this because you also know how bad it is, <laughs> you know? But but also, I think what makes Leprechaun 5 different from Leprechaun 1993 is the fact that Leprechaun 5, A, is Leprechaun in the hood. And the creators of this specific installment of the franchise really fought for diversity but along with the diversity also came the worst amount of stereotypes you could ever imagine at least me as a black woman that makes it even more laughable now if i was sitting to somebody non-black and like they were laughing at certain parts i would probably side eye but like for the most part it's laughable because of how stupid it is. But like in the entire franchise, 
you can see this clear theme of greed, uh, but also its relation to financial disparity. You see this more in Leprechaun 5 than in the very first one, but even in the very first Leprechaun, it starts off with this O'Grady man who stole this leprechaun's gold and his wife is like, how are we going to afford all this stuff? We're poor. And he's like, not anymore. I stole this leprechaun's gold. And I think it does bring an interesting question because, well, it's a mythical creature, but (laughs) especially I feel like we're a lot more... uh, we're a lot more aware of financial disparity now and classism and poverty. And so I think these movies bring into an interesting question of like, obviously people are not stealing for the fun of it. People are stealing because they're in need of doing it. Now, I didn't watch any of the other Leprechauns either. I literally just watched Leprechaun, the very first one and the fifth one. But even in the fifth one... uh, you see this and I think it's even more prevalent because it takes place in a low-income part of LA and so you see this rap group who are trying to make their way out of the quote-unquote hood and the like one the main I guess the main protagonist whose name is Post um he well they all literally rob from this club owner named um, Mac Daddy, who's played by Ice-T, first of all. They steal from him in order to get the money to do something for their rap career. And so, you know, they steal so that they can get out of poverty. That's literally it. Now, this movie was released in 2000, and it was directed by Rob Spera. There's literally so much noise in the background. I'm trying so hard to like wait for it to end, but it's never ending. So if it just ends up slipping in here, I'm so sorry, y'all. But I will be upgrading my audio system soon, so it will no longer be a problem. But anyways, so it's about the three rappers who are trying to make a a music career for themselves. And they turn to like a local producer whose name is Mac Daddy. He also owns a club from my understanding, but he like turns his back to them and is like, no, I don't like your sound. And honestly, he's really disrespectful with it. So then they're like, okay, well, let's just steal from him then. And so they steal from him. But in the process, they accidentally unleash the leprechaun who goes on a killing rampage in the hood. (laughs) And this film stars Ice-T and Coolio, which is interesting. And so, in each Leprechaun film, like, the Leprechaun will do a little narration and will give you, like, a riddle or whatever. And so in this one, he gives he gives his little, his little riddle, so to speak, and at the very end, he goes, No one is safe from a lep in the hood. You're telling me, like, right off the bat, the the comedy was there. There's no way that he said that line with a straight face. That's insane. But the entire movie is absurdly stereotypical also. So, like, as I was saying before, the rap group goes to Mac Daddy with a mixtape, and he tells them they need to lose the 
quote-unquote save the hood angle because they were rapping about think about tupac's song changes right imagine that and that's what this group came to mac daddy with and he was like yeah lose the save the hood crap he said he likes his music to talk about killing people shooting up the block and degrading women and he was aggressively violent with his words and his critiques and he was like get these losers out of here crazy he deserved to get robbed and there were just other like insane parts and funny parts along with like it being problematic it was also just like insanely transphobic to a character named miss fontaine and she ended up dying but like the three rappers she just ended up being like the butt of the butt of a joke every single time they were talking about her and they also emasculate post and his friends the entire time and use like their sexuality or lack of sexual experience to degrade their masculinity one thing that was interesting to see so the entire time that post and his friends would treat miss fontaine terribly and like you know joke about her sexual identity or gender identity in the end post ends up dressing up as a woman to try to kill the leprechaun and he ends up killing the leprechaun wearing a dress makeup and a wig and he served he looked great like the wig looked great he looked great in the dress one thing that this movie did lack was the creative kills i felt like the kills were not the way that they were in the first one you know in any of the previous ones the only way that the leprechaun would kill people is by eating them or like he would have that he had this like magical force that he would kind of like you know motion with his hands and then push this force through people's bodies and it would just create a hole literally in like their stomach and they would die and i'm like what happened to the pogo stick really because i feel like we could take this a step further quite frankly (laughs) i think we could we could approach it more creatively and so that's one thing that kind of made it less exciting and there was a little bit of a twist in the end too because post ended up like the very ending spoiler alert by the way but the ending so post goes to kill the leprechaun and it leaves off with a cliffhanger because you don't really see the leprechaun die you just are left to infer that he died or you know became a statue and is frozen in time but then it cuts to a to a scene at a club i think it's at the same club too post is on stage he's rapping to his own song so you know, okay, he finally, like, his dream came true. He's a rapper. But then he takes his glasses off and his eyes are glowing green, just like the leprechaun's, like, zombie girls that acted as his, you know, hench people who did all his dirty work for him. So then the camera cuts to the leprechaun who's sitting in the crowd and the leprechaun is like, I taught him everything he knows. So it leaves you off to think that, like, Post really ended up selling his soul to be famous, right? And it's just it just goes back into greed. But it's I don't even I wouldn't go as far to say that it's greed necessarily because 
when you are, when people are in poverty and, you know, in low income communities that don't, that don't have the resources to help them achieve their goals, they are willing to do things that will get them to where they want to be in life. And so I think this movie is, while greed has a, has a part in it, especially as it comes to like Mac Daddy and, you know, some, like some other characters, it has a theme of like your values and your morality, I guess. You know, what's more important, money and success or your humanity? My like biggest problem with this movie was the fact that like, why is it that whenever black people finally got movies with all black casts before like 2005, it was the most violently stereotypical story ever. And not to mention the leprechaun goes back to the hood like two years later. Was it really that much of a success I had to go back? (laughs) Like, did people really love this movie so much that the leprechaun said, yeah, I'm going to go back just for for fun, just for for funsies? Really? Okay. Interesting. I just had to take the time to talk about this franchise because I don't see a lot of people talking about it. When they do, it's like they're just... They're just shitting on it, and I feel like that's not entirely fair. Um, I feel like the leprechaun exists so we can look at a true horror comedy and compare it to what may not be the best <laughs> the best horror comedies. I don't know. I grew up really liking these movies. I don't know why, and I, I don't think I was ever scared of it. I, this, I would say probably this is the one horror movie that I was not scared of. I was just, it was just always funny to me. Oh my god, no, you know what? I, I am correcting myself though, because in Leprechaun 5, In the Hood, there was one creative kill. One. It's in the very beginning, and it's when Mac Daddy, like, sneaks into, like, the subway tunnel system and ends up finding the leprechaun and, like, where he stashes his gold or whatever. And so, um, when the leprechaun awakens, pretty much, he stabs Mac Daddy's friend in the neck with the pick that's in his hair, which is insane. Like, that's just always been in my mind, in the forefront of my mind. It's just always been here, and I have never forgotten about it because that was so crazy to me. And then, as a way to fend off the leprechaun, Mac Daddy pulls a bat out of his hair. Out of his hair. Like a clown trick. And, you know, that's even crazier to me because clowns were originally created based off of black people. Have you ever wondered? The big feet, the big nose... The big red lips, the afro. Have you ever made those dots? Have you ever connected them? Yeah. Literally insane. The beginning of that movie is just so crazy. It's truly unforgettable, to me at least. So yeah, if you want a good laugh or to, you know, see an example of what not to do when making a horror movie, particularly with an all-black cast, definitely check out Leprechaun. (laughs) But really though, I I don't know. I do, I think that it's such a mess of a horror franchise that 
I I at least appreciate it to some degree. It's so messy, so controversial, so like behind its time. Not even ahead of its time, behind its time. Any horror fan, you don't have to like it, but if you're a horror fan, you need to at least know about it and have watched it. That's all for this episode, though. I really didn't have much for it, but I just knew I had to cover Leprechaun at least once. I feel like I'd be doing a disservice to who I don't know. Maybe myself, maybe you all, maybe maybe Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> because she has done so much in her lifetime. Um, but I, I kind of feel like maybe she wants to bury Leprechaun. Because if you look at her film history... That is the only one that stands out as not being like the rest. If you would like to see my official review or how I rated these movies, you can find that on Letterboxd at Avery C-O-F. I hope you all have a safe St. Patrick's Day. Um, I will be posting fun things on my social medias. So definitely, if you're not already following me, please do that because I don't understand why. You can find me at Your Horror Podcast and that's for Instagram and Twitter. You can also find me at Your Horror Podcast on Etsy if you're interested in buying a little merch for yourself. Stickers, bookmarks, pins. Like the pins that you can put on like your bags, not a writing pin. Um, And stickers and tote bags. Oh my gosh, I ordered a tote bag for myself. And I ordered new stickers as well. So if anybody wants a sticker, definitely reach out to me via Twitter or Instagram and let me know and I can send you one because we love free things and I want you to be able to rep your horror podcast because this is the horror podcast that you turn to every week for the best horror reviews and conversations. So yeah, next week I will be doing a short film to feature film adaptation of the movie Piggy, which is a Spanish movie that was released last year, I think. Make sure that you're on the lookout for that episode announcement on my Instagram and Twitter. And thanks so much for tuning into this episode. I hope to catch you next week.